What's good, people? It's your boy Justice Falls. We'll be back with the greatest podcast you've never heard of, the Justice Falls Experiment. So today we got a lot on the on the docket. Um, again, I'm probably just going to start giving y'all two episodes a month because I have like, I think I have like 29 topics to go through. So I'm going to try my best to not be as uh, verbose as I normally am. As I normally am, that means long-winded, talkative. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that means um, So let's get right into it um, Black History Month I know I'm mad late This is like the last day of Black History Month Because February is a short month But um, Let's talk about it, you know So Happy Black History Month um, I'm happy we have a Black History Month So that people can be more aware Of the uh, contributions that black people have made To this country and to the world but um, I've always been of the mindset where it's like, you know, I'm not going to wait one month to celebrate black history or be proud to be black. I'm proud to be black every day. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like Kanye said. Um, and one of these, it's, a, it's an old song that came out mad years ago. I think like 07 or something like that. Um, it's called Brand New. He was featured on that. And he said, um, I state the stats to stunt. I don't need the front. I make black history every day. I don't need a month. So this this was like pre-bugging out Kanye before he got with the Kardashians, before his mom died and all of that. So, um, yeah, I just think that that was a cool quote. And that's kind of how I live by. I kind of live by that low key because uh, you don't need to wait for one month to, to be great, to realize your greatness as a black person. You know, if you black and you listening to this, keep your head up keep shining you know because they want us to be submissive they want us to be quiet but we're not going we're not going to get into that so um shout out to all our black leaders and all the people that got us here uh dr martin Luther king rosa parks you know stokely carmichael malcolm x you know the black panther movement all of that so um i think it's important that we uh vocalize that we we, we say these people's names and we keep that history fresh because you know, you know, you know how you know how uh, it, it, it exited. You know, there was a lot of corruption from the government. You know, the CIA and the FBI. We were getting too powerful, so they had to get in there and plant plant the seeds of uh, of our, our destruction and uh, blow it up from the inside. So, um, but I'm not here to give you a history lesson. I'm here to pod. So, moving on, um, another moment of Black excellence. Uh, Rihanna, the uh, singer businesswoman extraordinaire she is now a billionaire at the age of 32 she um she got rid of uh fenty which was her clothing line fenty fashion house is being suspended um it was a conglomerate with uh lvmh that's uh moa hennessy louis vuitton company um that's that's a lot of powerful players in one I, that's crazy to read that like um it's known as lvmh for those of you that don't know but that's uh, Moet Hennessy, Louis Vuitton. Like that's that's a crazy conglomerate right there to to have your brand attached to. Um, but she uh, suspended it indefinitely. That was a clothing line. 
in order to focus on uh, long-term development with her other brands, which would include her skincare and beauty brand, Fendi Beauty and Fendi Skin. So, ladies, I know y'all know a lot about that. Fellas, you might know, too. You know, so you feel you that wear makeup or buy makeup for women in your life. Um, that's the makeup line and then the skin line, the skincare. And also Savage Fenty. Savage Fenty went crazy because that's her, that's her all-inclusive uh, underwear line, as a lot of you may know. Um, she has a lot of, uh, body positive people, you know, like some bigger people, some rounder people, uh, men and women, you know, on, on the front page. And, uh, the day that, uh, it dropped, it sold out completely. And I, and that was no surprise to me at all because Rihanna is one of those people that, uh, she's a go-getter. She, she is attacking this, uh, this, uh, world from multiple fronts from the music front of course, and from fashion and from a, uh, I don't want to say political, but from a social standpoint, you know, being body positive, um, looking at this article here, um, and she has people of all sizes. She has a tall, tall woman, short woman, black woman, white woman, Asian, skinny, chubby, you know, and it's dope, you know, that all people are represented because as much as a lot of people will argue against diversity, um, I would only argue against diversity for diversity, diversity for the sake of diversity. Like if you want to be diverse, do it in a field that's not diverse. You know what I'm saying? Don't be diverse. Just say, hey, we hired a black person, so we're we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I mean. Um, I think the way she's doing is awesome, and she's showing a lot of a lot of love to some underrepresented people in our, you know, in this in this country and in this world. And I think that that's really dope for an. Uh, celebrity to do so because a lot of the times i'm gonna keep it real with our people we kind of just quote unquote stick our lane i kind of hate that term stick your lane because it it, it sounds limiting i like i know what it means and i know you know that it, it does apply in certain contexts but i feel like it limits us as people you know you should be able to jump into whatever lane you want as long as you have the know-how and the skills to do so you can develop this, those set skills nobody grows up knowing how to do everything you know what I'm saying? Rihanna didn't know how to start a company when she started. She was just wanted to sing. You know what I'm saying? And then now look at her. She's a billionaire by 32. So I just think that that's awesome. You know, especially with all the things that she's been through, you know, the situation with Chris Brown, which I learned a lot about over the years. You know, that was a very toxic relationship coming from both ends. But, you know, not to talk about that. Um, shout out to Rihanna. That's all I wanted to say. Um, moving on. Uh, President Trump had uh, been acquitted on his uh, second trial for impeachment. So um, he needed they needed 67 votes to uh, impeach him, but they only got 57. So the final vote was 57 guilty, 43 not guilty. And then only seven other Republicans found him guilty which is crazy because he literally abused his power with that uh capital riot situation if you don't know there was a rally before everybody went over there to the capitol building um and he basically told him to go over there and then if you look and if you look at and if you were paying attention to a lot of people in his party's story they had like a party to watch it and then he came out there he didn't condemn it you know, I spoke about this in the last pod. 
Um, so that should have been grounds for him being impeached. Um, the reason why they were trying to get him impeached is so that he can he can't mostly because they wanted to take away his ability to ever run for president again. But now he can run for president again um, at some point, which he probably won't. He probably won't. I just I think he's gonna take advantage of this. I think he's gonna like do a podcast and go crazy with it and just start talking his talk until they try to shut him down again. If they don't get him for other charges, because there's other uh criminal charges that he's facing, including like you know colluding with uh with the Ukraine and all of that stuff and uh basically like bullying senators and stuff into uh. Trying to make this make decisions that he wanted them to make that were in some cases unlawful and you know things of that nature. Dang, New York don't know how to be quiet. I hear them. I don't know if y'all hear the sirens, but I hear them loud and clear. And I got headphones on. It's crazy. And the windows closed. So that's New York for you. But yeah, um, President Trump. Um, that's his uh, story for the for the moment. Um, He's he's definitely going to be charged with other things like to, you know tax evasion and things of that nature and you know all this other including and all that other stuff. So, but he ducked the uh, impeachment charge for the second time. So that it's pretty impressive to me if you ask me. I know it's it's, it's corny, but it's 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 impressive at the same time. But um, moving on, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson, if you do not know, is a uh, NFL quarterback. For the uh, Seattle Seahawks, he's been in the league a few years, quite a few years, and he's won a he won a Super Bowl. And as you probably, as you guys would probably would would uh, remember, he also lost the Super Bowl and that uh against the Patriots with that idiotic call. But um, a lot of people call him corny. Uh, men, women, uh, mostly men. I've seen from what I've seen, but there's I've seen women call him corny too. But um. Because of the fact that uh, he was interviewed and he said that uh, he's his greatest fear is losing Sierra. So Sierra is this is a singer that you know a lot of you may may know. Um, uh, she's been out for a while since the two thousands. Um, on the music tip, she doesn't make really a lot of music as she used to, but she still has a few songs out. Um, her and Russ have a couple children together, so you know that plays a factor. And she's been doing a lot of humanitarian stuff, which is dope. Um, so has Russ. But uh, people call him corny for that. And my thing is, he's not a corny dude. Like, I'm, I, I would say, like, physically and personality-wise, he's kind of a corny dude. Because of the fact that, like, if you just just look at him, like, that haircut, that goofy smile, and then the way he talks and stuff like that, he is a corny dude in that sense. But he's, he's, he's a good man in the sense of him, you know, loving his wife, loving his family, putting... Putting that, putting his all into that, putting his all into his work and to his family, because he's playing at the top, at the top of his position or near the top of his position every year, putting his team in the playoffs, you know, winning championships, you know, putting up amazing numbers. So when he when he's all said and done, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, you know, and he's over here. He's he's took on the job of taking care of another man's child, which will be future. I think that's what it mostly is. I think it's just future fans that are kind of salty that he's um that Russ is stepping in and doing you know doing things for for Sierra but I think that that's that's corny you know that part of it is corny like you you can't just sit there and and, and judge somebody for stepping up where somebody else didn't I mean I'm a huge fan of future and I play into the toxicity I play into the toxic 
god stuff and all that stuff she belonged to the streets type energy I, I play into that it's fun but i mean this scenario it's like you you can't you can't come at that man for stepping up to the plate and doing what a lot of us probably wouldn't do you know what i'm saying and it's not you know i wouldn't call him people could call him a simp i wouldn't call him a simp you know he's he's loving his wife like and his wife is returning that love right back to him so how's that simping simping is when you're doing the most for a person and you getting nothing back from it, no reciprocation for it, and you and they know that, and you know that, so you basically getting played. That's like getting played out, like a sucker. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I spoke about this in the last pod too. Like simping ain't pimping, you know. Like I always had like a, a pimp mentality, you know. Again, not not as in like beating women and stuff like that, but like the mindset of like I'm the boss. You ain't gonna play me. You're not gonna get me out of my money. You know, if anything, you're gonna be bringing me the money. You know what I'm saying? Or you're gonna be managing things. You know, for us, you know what I'm saying? That's that's the mentality that I have. And I don't see any problem with that. But, um, yeah, Russell Wilson, not corny. Stop that. Stop it. Stop it. So, moving on to the next topic, we're going to talk about Jeff Bezos. Uh, Mr. Bezos is the now former CEO of Amazon. So, you know what Amazon is. I don't need to explain that. Um, he will step down and he will be an executive chairman and AWS. That's Amazon Web Services. They provide servers, servers for, you know, they're basically kind of like a like an ISP, like an Internet service provider. But they do more than just ISP stuff. It's, you know, they do like they have like server level stuff and, you know, um, they are a very lucrative company under the wing of a. Uh, the giant that is Amazon. So um, the chief of ASW, Andy Jesse, is taking over. Um, this was amid sexual allegations looming in the company uh, and sexual allegations made against Mr. Bezos himself. Um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of messy over there right now, especially with the, with the labor situation. Um, a lot of the workers were complaining about not getting breaks and... Um, things of that nature and being overworked at the warehouse, having to do all these crazy hours because, you know, because the pandemic is going and people, a lot of people are ordering stuff out. I'm one of those people. I'm top five. I got Amazon Prime. I'm top five. Order everything online if I can. Um, I try to shop local and give to the small man, to little man. But if the little man don't got what I need, I, I got to go to the big boys, you know, and get what I, cause I need. I need to get what I need. Half of this stuff I'm using to, uh, do this pod with wouldn't be possible if had I not shopped on Amazon and got it with the quickness, like within, within two days. Cause I got, cause I pay for Amazon products. You pay, you pay for, you know, you pay for the luxury of knowing you're going to get your product on time, you know, and it sucks that it's like that. Cause you know, Amazon is kind of monopolizing the market, but it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, sometimes you got to just kind of accept things for what they are, unless you have a solution to change it. So that's that's that. So uh, yeah, Jeff Bezos stepping down. Um, that's this this is going to be an ongoing thing. So if you want to keep your eyes on it, you know, just hit up hit up Google, go on there, follow follow the story. But yeah, it's, this is Jeff Bezos stepping down. Um, at first, I thought it was just him retiring basically because he's because whenever you whenever you see a big boss step down and he's still going to be a quote-unquote chairman a chairman that's like a filler role there's there's no you don't really do nothing you're more you're like an advisor like they'll ask you you know the, the, a chairman is just somebody that's been with the company for a long time and knows the ins and outs of the company they don't really do much 
You know, if you read the job title for chairman, it says a lot of stuff, but it's really not. It's really not a lot. That's just a that's the position where you kind of just chill mostly. But um, yeah. So that's that. It's an ongoing story. Keep an eye on on, on that. So uh, next up, Little Uzi. So Little Uzi is a rapper, a great young rapper. He's hot in the game right now. He got he has a lot of his songs out. I'm pretty sure you've heard of him. But if you haven't heard of him up until now, I'm pretty sure he's been on your timeline a few times because he implanted a a diamond, a pink diamond worth uh, $24 million in his forehead. Now, me, I think that's probably the stupidest thing you could do. I know that there's a whole body implant community and things of that nature where people are like putting stuff in their heads and underneath their skin and stuff like that to modify how they look. But I don't know. I think that's a that's a that's a no go. You can't <laughs> you can't be doing that. So um, I just think that you make yourself a target by doing something like that. Because especially you being in the rap game, I know he's not no gangster dude or nothing like that. But just being in that in that uh, in that environment, you leave yourself open to be you know a target having that on your head. Now apparently. If it's if it's not taken out the right way, he could he could die or something like that. That's what I heard. Like if if it's not taken out the right way, he could die or something. But you know, you know, I hope you know I hope that don't happen. You know, so I really hope he don't get robbed and that thing gets snatched out of his head. Um, but you know, when you do things like that, you leave yourself open to stuff like that. Um, I said I posted a meme. I said he looked like. Um, he trying to be on Steven Universe, <laughs> like like one of the characters from Steven Universe, because they have the the gems on their head and stuff like that. And then somebody, um, somebody had wrote that the diamond is more than his net worth, which is crazy. So <laughs> I don't know, but if, when you Uzi and you say you got a diamond that's twenty four million in your head, a lot of people are gonna believe you because you know how rappers they 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 fluff a lot of things, they fluff a lot of things in their lifestyle because they not living the the as lavish a life as you. You think they live in all a lot of the stuff, a lot of the places you see them chilling in, a lot of the cars you see them riding in is rented. You know, they giving it back right after the video shoot or right after they flex for the gram or whatever. It's all marketing, you know. You know, it's it's not really a lot of rappers out here that's like rich, rich that could ball out on that type of level. But um, you know, that that's just something that's just something he probably did just to, you know, just to stunt, just to be like, you know, I got it like that. That's that's what rappers do. That's the culture. That's that's what they do. So, I don't know. I just think you make yourself a target doing that. You got to be more careful than that. But, you know, people going to do what they do. And I'm just here to chat about it and pot about it with you guys. So, um, that's it. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm, I'm going to just leave it up. I'm going to just leave that one up to the, leave that one up to Uzi and his crew. Hold on. Let me get some refreshment. I'm up here talking for so long. So I'm uh, moving on. Uh, YouTuber Timothy Wilkes got shot while uh, doing a robbery prank in Texas. Um, he usually does pranks of this nature. Like he pretends he pulls up to them with a machete and pretend like he's going to rob them. But he doesn't rob them. And then when they get serious, he he runs away and says it's just a prank. Now, this is how I feel about the pranking community as a whole. Like, y'all got to stop doing that because you're going, you're going, I keep saying, I kept saying, you're going to do it the wrong day to want to the wrong person. And they're going to shoot you 
or they're going to severely beat you. And then this is what happens. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he deserved it. I'm saying your actions have reactions, cause and effect. You know what I'm saying? You can't go out there pretend like you're robbing somebody, especially in a state like Tennessee, and then think that everything's going to be okay. Like the dude, he tried to run up on the dude with the machete, and then the guy wasn't having it. He pulled out his gun and shot him. Apparently, he was, like, running away saying, it's a joke, it's a joke. But, like, it's you can't joke around like that. This is other, like, that dude, Bonk Gang, like, he or that put him in the coffin, dude. Like, I'm glad they stopped because one day it was going in, one of them dying. Like, you're going to do that in the wrong neighborhood to the wrong people. Matter of fact, not even the wrong neighborhood. You're just going to do it at the wrong time to the wrong person. And they're going to pull out and shoot you or they're going to jump you. Like, you got to be you got to be more smarter than that. Like, I know everybody's trying to get lit and be a content creator and, and, you know, get a bunch of views online and, you know, have cloud and all that and things of that nature. But it's it's not worth it. It's not worth your life. Being a content creator or be or just go, or just going viral. Some people don't even care about being a content creator. They just want to go viral and have people talking about them and be on Tosh.0 and be on the news and stuff like that. But you don't want to be on the news with your family crying because you're dead. You know what I'm saying? So let this be a cautionary tale. All of them channels, Op TV and all these other prank channels doing stupid pranks. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, like, lighthearted pranks. But, like, serious pranks like that, you pretend to rob somebody, you pull out a machete, whether it's fake or not. Me, if you're in the street, we in the street, and that happened to me, it's going to be a similar result. That's what I'm going to say. It's going to be a similar result because you, you're not going to run up on me with nothing and have me not do nothing to you like that's insane that is insane so um you know but rest in peace to the young man i, I really feel bad i think he was only like 22 or 23 but that's just it's just a cautionary tale like you, you you can't go out there acting a damn fool like that gotta be more careful got to be more careful all right so moving on from that um i'm I'm pretty active on social media and a pattern I usually see, usually when I see a pattern, I try to challenge it and figure out why. And I usually come and talk about it here in the pot. And one thing I wanted to talk about was um, why women adopt the quote unquote, think like a man mentality. And then they act like the shittiest men in the his, in the history of exi- of existence. It's like it, it, I don't understand that. Like y'all y'all are way better than that. Like first of all, I don't think a woman should try to be like a man because women were made to do things that men cannot do. Just like men were made to do things that women cannot do. You know what I'm saying? Like such as give birth, things of that nature. Um, such as be a nurturer, you know what I'm saying? Be be a motivating factor in a person's life from a, you know, from an emotional standpoint. You know, whereas men, we're known as like the we we gotta we're like the hunter hunter gatherers and things of that nature. We go out and get what we need to get and provide for the family in that matter. Like there's that balance. I spoke about this balance in the previous episode where it was like, you know. People were talking about the whole 50-50 thing and how that's and how they didn't like it. But it's always been 50-50. Like there has to be nurturing and there has to be providing. Now who's doing it these days? It don't matter. Back then, 
The man had to provide, the woman had to nurture. But now, to now today's, it's a mix. But it was still 50-50. That makes a whole family. You know what I'm saying? The nurturing and providing, that still makes a whole family. So, you know, regardless of what you may think, it's always been that way. And it, and it, and it, it's just the roles in which, of which who's doing it have not changed, but blended. So, you know, you'll see, I'm, I'm just naming like general stuff. Like I named before, like, like the woman taking out the garbage, the man doing the dishes, you know, stuff like stuff that you traditionally think that a man or woman would do. You see the other side doing it like a woman paying the car note and the man, uh, making dinner that night, you know, stuff like that, stuff like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything here. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm talking about. You guys are smart. Um, I have a very smart audience. Um, but one person I wanted to bring up in this whole situation is Steve Harvey. Like Steve Harvey, I, I, I see what he's doing. I, I know what he's doing. He's trying to get money. He's trying to get his name up. He's trying to appeal to appeal to the female audience. So he's going to say anything and anything possible to, to uh, keep them on his side and keep them coming to his show. You know, cause he, he's, he's, he's a different type of dude. Like he, he just believes that, a man should just conform to whatever his uh, his woman wants him to be. And um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, and this is coming from a guy that's been divorced a couple times, had a few failed marriages. So it's just like, y'all really want to take advice from him? Like, he's, he's really trying to, I think he's really just trying to garner sympathy and things of that nature. You know, just to keep an audience. I don't think he means half of the stuff that he says on that show, on that morning show. So I got to be careful listening to guys like that because they're trying They're trying at the end of the day. Those men are trying to sell you something. You're their target audience. So they're going to say whatever they possibly can say to get you to um, buy in to what to what they're selling. So you got to be really careful with guys like that because it can it can lead to some very messy situations. Very messy. And welcome back to the greatest podcast you've never heard of, the Justice Falls Experiment. So moving along, we're going to talk about uh, how Idris Alba and Sandra Alba, they uh, inked a deal with Crunchyroll. So for those of you that don't know, Crunchyroll is a service that provides uh, unlimited viewing of any anime you would like um anime being uh you know things like dragon ball z like everybody knows dragon ball z so i'll keep it simple like that i, I watch more than that I, I love anime i watch like hundreds of different anime but everybody knows what dragon ball z is so stuff like that um they're coming up with their own dark fantasy anime it's going to be called dante that's the working title at least um and they've inked a deal with green door pictures and uh Pink Towel Pictures, those are both their respective uh, production companies. Um, Crunchyroll was recently bought out by uh, Sony from AT&T Warner Media for $1.2 billion. So that's going to have its own implications. And it topped 4 million paid subscribers in as of January 2021, sorry, um, six months after hitting the 3 million subscriber mark. So... Um, really big service, which is going to house this uh, 
dark fantasy anime. It's going to be a uh, Afrocentric sci-fi series set in a city where the rise of biotechnology has created an ever-widening gap between the haves and have-nots, according to Country Roll. And the uh, two rising stars from each side of this divide are pitted against each other in a story that will ultimately explore equality and kinship with a corrupt society. So it looks like we're going to have some black characters up in here. That's what that means. Once I read Afrocentric, that means we're going to have some black characters. I'm all for black characters being properly represented in anime and made by black people. That's awesome to me. Usually, I, I said this a few weeks ago around when this came out. I said um, the anime gets lit once the black people come in. And that's like that's never not been true for like any anime that I've watched. And I've watched hundreds of different series. Like when the black people come on, it, I mean, it's about to get lit. The show about to get lit. So, um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out on that. Um, and there'll be more news coming with that. So uh, moving on, um, there's going to be, as ridiculous as this sounds, there's going to be a uh, new addition to the uh, to Wall Street and the stock market, um, and that is water. So um, I know that sounds weird, but I'm going to try to explain it to the best of my abilities to what I understand. Um, water futures are set to join the likes of gold and oil. And trade on Wall Street for the first time ever. There's a group called CME Group that's going to launch future contracts tied to the spot price of water for the for the first time ever uh, this uh, this month. Um, now, what that means is basically a bunch of rich people are getting together and they're predicting something is going to happen with water in the near future. So they're trying to play with the prices of the um, Water, <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds, to make more money because uh, nearly two thirds of the world's population is expected to face water shortages by 2025. And uh, water scarcity presents a growing risk for businesses and communities around the world, particularly for the 1.1 billion California water market. Um, that was that information was from Tim McCourt, one of the uh, he's the head of global equity index at a uh, CME group. So basically. What I take from that is that they're trying to hedge their bets on the water shortages and uh, try to make money off that, which is crazy because you would think water supposed to be something that's free. But water is sold in many different forms and quantities, whether it's at a consumer level or it's at a uh, residential level, you know, things of that nature. So. Water is used for a lot of things, and it's been it's been monetized. We know it's monetized. You know it's, it's ridiculous, but um, water is used. You know, in the sewage system. You know, things a lot, a lot of things require water. So all of that stuff, they're gonna find a, they're gonna find a way to add that into uh, the stock market so that they can get rich off of it, basically. So be on the lookout for that, um, because if they can get in on it, we can get on on it, and we can make some money too. So, you know what I mean? We can make it another GameStop situation where, you know, the rich lose all their money and we get and we get money. The rich and greedy, the rich and greedy, which are a lot of them. But, you know, you know, you know what I mean? I'm I'm never hating on nobody to get money. But, you know, when you're screwing over the little man, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. So I want to see them, you know feel the pain that us little people feel. So that's that was a very interesting story that I had to bring up. If you want, you can look on uh 
you can look on Market Insider um, to read up more on that, more information on that. But uh, from my understanding, basically, um, water is going to be traded like with the likes of like gold and oil and that there's multiple industries in which provide water and have monetized water. So they're going to turn it into a into a, uh, a stock, basically something that you can invest in. So there's that. Um, uh, moving along, uh, this is a COVID-related one. Um, I try to I try to keep this one upbeat, but you know this this one was crazy. This story was crazy. So it was uh, three illegal parties raided by the police earlier this month. Um, it was one club in Brooklyn that had a sign on the door that says "Members Only" on, over on Liberty Avenue, and it was more than two hundred people packed into that club. Two hundred people, no mask on, no nothing, and they were just chilling in their partying um the manager of this club and uh two promoters were slapped with a bunch of violations and the manager has is facing weapon charges because he had a knife and brass knuckles on him and then also at the same around the same time um there was a party in Masspeth queens at 165 people inside of a building on uh, grant avenue and page place and uh, there was only one way, one way in or out of the venue, which is obviously, as you know, illegal. They they already know the whole thing that they was doing was illegal. So it's like, you know, why why pay attention to the fact that there's only one way in, one way out of that venue? So, um, and if you know, you know, most regulations, more or less, most like fire regulations for buildings, you got to have an emergency exit. You know, so if you ever see a club and then you see like a little dip. A little like, uh, cause I, I used to work in a lot of clubs and I and I played a lot of shows in clubs, so I know how to I know how this works. There's usually obviously the front door. There's easily a way to leave out the back, and if the and if it's not a way to leave out the back, there's some type of elaborate way where you can get out through like the basement and then come out through the front. There's usually some some way where it's built like that, so you can have an emergency exit, um, just in case one exit is compromised. So. Um, they didn't follow those regulations. They had no liquor license and people were in there drinking and, uh, um, the bouncer, the DJ, they all got, um, desk appearance tickets. So my thoughts on that is we got to stop this. Yo. It's ridiculous. Like I understand we want to be outside. We spent the whole 2020 inside. You know what I mean? There's other States and other cities that are open right now and doing their thing, but people are still dying from this disease. The numbers are going down. But people are still dying, and I would hate for it to get to the point where one of you catch it, or somebody your loved one catch it, and then God forbid, you know, not going with it, they die from it. Then that's the only way you'll take it seriously. When people start dying, that's the only that's the only way people certain people take things seriously. And I would hate for it to to get like that for anybody that's listening to this right now. So um, they're trying their best. You know, um, some places are being open to from 25 to 33% capacity or whatever the hell that means. Indoor dining has, has, uh, commenced, um, as of a couple weeks ago, there was a Friday. I see everybody posting a pics at the club and at the bar. I'm just saying, be careful because it's the disease is still out there. We're, we're on the, we're on the downside of it. It's, it's, we're on, I feel like we've hit the climax already. We're on the way down, but there's still, but the, it could still spike up if people just decide that they're not going to follow the rules and regulations that um are going on 
you know, so my advice is just be careful out there. Don't go to none of these illegal parties because you're going to end up getting caught. They're going to catch you. You might party. You might be out and catch it on a Friday night, Saturday night. But it's going to be one night where you get caught up. At least if you're going to go to a party, make sure it's legal. Go to a bar or something. Go to a lounge. Lounges and bars are starting to open back up with this indoor dining, you know, being reestablished and 33% capacity being allowed in. Find somewhere legal to go. Don't go to no, don't go to Uncle Pookie's. Uncle Pookie's underground charade and debauchery. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Just, just be smart, and you know, stay safe out there. Wear a mask if you need to. You know, you know, if you go on, especially if you're going out with a group of people and you're going to be around a group of people. You know, I understand that you probably it probably won't be possible to like wear the mask in in the club because you're going to be dancing, the partying, and drinking and all that. Just be careful. Be careful out there, y'all, for real. Because the longer, the longer we, the longer this thing keeps spiking up and down, you know, the longer it's going to take for us to get back to something normal, close to normal. Because there's not going to be the normal that we once knew. That's gone. That's over with. Going forward, the world is going to change, and it's going to be a new normal. And I think we'll get that new normal sometime next year. Um, I think we'll be cool. We'll be all right towards the end of the year. We'll be all right, like 50% capacity, I guess, whatever that means. And then by 2022, like the middle of 2022, summer 2022, we're going to be Gucci. I know that the summer's coming up and people are going to be outside wilding because they spent the whole 2020 inside because everything was just straight shut down and things are going to be open this summer. But still, just just be careful out there, y'all, for real. Just be my and be mindful of, of 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 others you know don't be so selfish and and you know be monkey see monkey do because they wilding down there in the land in houston and a lot of people are dying down there due to COVID. you know that's 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 the, that's what that's what they not showing they're showing people in the club but they're not showing people getting sick and dying so just you know play cool play safe y'all smart y'all know all right, the next topic I wanted to talk about is um how you raise kids. I was looking at a, a video from um these content creators I watch called Abba and Preach, and they usually they critique uh different forms of media about different social issues and whatnot. And there was a video that they did from um this group called Jubilee. Some of you may be familiar with that. They get people together and they uh talk about different social issues. And they get people from one end of the spectrum and then people from the opposite end of that spectrum. And um, it was really interesting to see the dialogue between the the, the parents talking about, um, you know, whether or not, you know, how how much leeway they give their children to, like, hang out and stuff, like going, going and coming home from school by themselves and things of that nature and going out and how late they allow them to stay out. And it was and it was a good dialogue that they had. Um, one of the parents said she would even want to go clubbing with her children, and I'm like, nah, that's I don't, I don't know, I wouldn't want to do that with my uh my uh parent. But um, there's some people that do it. Some people do. They go to the club with their mothers because they're close in age. They might have had them when they was young, like maybe 15 or 14 or something like that. Then they grow up. She's 30, and your child is, you know, whatever, uh, 17 or something like that. Whatever that math equals out to. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm right about that. Um, yeah, so people, people, people do that, you know, and that's, 
and that's their prerogative. That's how they want to live their life. You know, let them, let them, uh, let them live their life like that. You know, because w- w- how is that? How is that affecting you? You know what I mean? You know, you gotta. Sometimes we gotta. I know it's. I know it's. I know it's commonplace to speak on things that we don't feel is right and speak out on things that's right or wrong. But like. If ain't nobody dying or getting assaulted or ain't no pedophilia nothing going on or racism going on, I feel like you should just mind your business. Just mind your business because people are going to do what they do. You know what I mean? And I, honestly, I feel like a lot of these days we raising our kids too soft. Like when I was eight, nine years old, I was coming home by myself. And there was other kids I was coming home by myself that had to go way farther than me. I went to school in Harlem right there on um, on Fifth Ave. Um, and... um. I went all the way to the Bronx, like to the south, to the to the South Bronx, like where I like where I stay at now, because um, I had moved away from here. And then I came back, so you know I was doing that by myself. And those people that was going up to Gun Hill, West Farms, children by themselves, eight nine, eight nine years old. We was we was kids getting on the train, you know, and doing what we had to do on the weekends. We go travel, we go downtown, go to the movies, or well maybe not. Well yeah, maybe when we got a little old, like twelve, thirteen, we can go. We can get into the movies by yourself, but um. We go to like um we go to like Toys R Us or go to go to the park or something, go to a different park that we don't normally go to. And we was doing that, like when we was young. Like now nowadays people are like excuse me, crazy safeguarding their kids. And it's not like, you know, I understand the child trafficking and all that stuff and you know, and all these weird people out there, but that was around and probably worse back then when I was growing up because there wasn't no cameras or nothing like that. So you couldn't even tell who was who was what. You didn't even know what patterns to look for. You just knew don't talk to strangers and come go where you leave. Wherever you got to go, you go straight there. You come straight back. Go home because don't make no stop-offs. No, don't listen to your, that one friend that want to go everywhere because, you know, just go to where you're going. Go there. Have your time, whether it's school, to the movies or whatever. You go there and you come back. You know, and a lot of that time I didn't have a cell phone. And then when I did, when I was lucky enough to have a cell phone, you know, you call your, you know, call your mom when you get there, call, call when you get ready to leave, you know, and uh, she, you know, she should be home by the time you get back and things of that nature. Like we was doing that, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't understand why people are so soft with their kids now because they never going to grow up and be able to deal with like adverse situations. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, and I know I just, <laughs> it's funny because I know I just said if it ain't harming you or nothing, like mind your business, but this is my podcast, this is my platform, so I'm going to say whatever the hell I want to say, and that's how I feel, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all, y'all come and listen to this pod to hear me voice my opinions on what's going on in society, and that's what I'm doing, so that's how I feel, and, and, and my word is not the end all, be all, y'all don't got to listen to what I have to say, but I'm still going to say it, and I know I'm not the only one that feel this way. Hence, you know, the views I get on these podcasts and things of that nature. So not views, listen, listeners, listens or whatever. I'm thinking about YouTube or whatnot. By the way, subscribe to my YouTube. I'm trying to get a thousand subscribers before this year's out for me. I'm at 190. So I got roughly 800. I got roughly like 800 and 800 and what, 10 to go. So, yeah. So just run, go there and run my numbers up. And uh, check me out. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that situation. We just, we just being too soft, being too soft for our kids, for real. Um. So next up, 
We're going to talk about um, The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He got a new show coming out. It's called Young Rock. Um, it's going to be a TV show on, uh, what is it, NBC. Yeah, so it's going to be on NBC. It's going to be Tuesdays at 8. And it's about his younger years. So from roughly from age like 8 all the way up until age 20. They they show, they show have two trails out right now you can go check out on YouTube. And um, they show him at different stages of his life. When he was a kid, going around with his pops, um, Rocky Maivia, to wrestle. Um, well, we'll watch him wrestle, him and his mom, um, to when he got into high school. Where he had to he had to transfer to many different high schools. It was hard to adjust. You know, he was growing up a little poor and whatnot. You know, and then when he got to college, um, like later on, we turned like eighteen, maybe like eighteen to twenty. Um, and I saw the trailer, and it's interesting. I, I like who they cast to play him because it kind of looks like him at that point in his life. If you look at his old pictures, and then they cast all these um legendary wrestlers: Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, Andre the Giant. Rocky Maivia, you know, like all, all the, like all of these famous people in the wrestling industry. Um, and you get to see a little bit of the wrestling world, as it were, back in the, you know, in the in the 80s or whatever when he was growing up, in the 70s or 80s, um, when, the Rock, when the Rock was growing up, and then in the 90s when he got to college and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to end with him, like, probably debuting in the WWE. Or they'll do some type of time skip to, to when he was in his prom or something like that. Because when he first started off, he had like a really goofy gimmick, a really goofy outfit. So I don't think they'll show much of that. He didn't really get lit till he joined like the Nation of Domination with Farouk and uh, Farouk and D'Lo Brown and uh, and um, I think Godfather. Well, before he was Godfather or whatever. But yeah, so um, or Papa Shango was, or whatever you want to call him. Back then, whatever he was, whatever role he was playing at that time. So I just think that it's going to be a dope show. I'm going to try to watch it. I don't, I don't really watch shows live anymore. Hold on a second. Let me get some drink. Whew, mighty parched. But yeah, so I don't think that is like it's going to be. Um, I don't lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was saying. Damn, that's crazy. But anywho, <laughs> um, I think that um, he is. It's going to be a dope show, and it's going to show a lot of uh, moments that we didn't really get to see because it's, it's basically moments based on his life, like key moments in his life. Some of which we may not know about because obviously we weren't there, or it was never covered in any type of documentary or things of that nature. So I would definitely check that out. I'll check that out. Um, Ah, now I remember what I was saying. So I don't really watch TV shows like week to week anymore. I usually just binge. And they have, and NBC has this new service called Peacock. And it's going to have all the NBC shows on there. So I'm just going to watch it on there. Like let it, let the episodes build up, build up, and then watch it on there. Because it's either I'm working or I'm creating this content. And somewhere in between, I get, I sit down for a little bit and I catch up on everything and and this is one of the times i do it when i'm when i'm doing the pod because i'll sit down and i'll record a segment and then i'll i'll look i look at all of the stuff in between look at all of the look at everything in between and then i cover then i do the next segment so i could actually know what the hell i'm talking about because it's hard to keep up with everything when you do so many different things you know as far as making music and 
keeping up with the music industry, keeping up with the gaming industry, keeping up with the entertainment industry, keeping up with politics to understand. It's a lot for one man. You know, that's why I've only been doing one one a month. But, you know, once I get um a nice flow going, you'll start to see more of these uh pods from your boy. But that that's that was that. That was the rock. Young Rock, sorry, it's called Young Rock. It's gonna be on Tuesdays at eight. And uh you should definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Unless if unless you're already watching it, because this trailer was from February 16th. So we're gonna see when it um when it uh when it does drop if it's not out already. And um that's something to that's something to look out for. All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about him, who I believe is the greatest comedian of all time, and that is Dave Chappelle. Now, Dave Chappelle, he's um he's recently been in, you know, some some troubles with uh HBO because they uh put a show, they put the Chappelle show on there. And they didn't consult him, and he never got paid for that anyway. So um, he called for it to be removed. I covered that in one a, a pod before this one. And now, um, being that people stopped watching it and made the show what what, what Dave said to be worthless, um, Dave Chappelle got his check. He got a few. He got he got his he got his mills. He got his M's. And now the show is gonna uh, return to uh, Netflix on uh, February. Well, it's, it's it's there. It's there now. It was it um it returned on February twelfth. So um you can you can see that on there. He spoke about it on a performance called Redemption Song that he did in Austin, Texas, and it was a ten minute clip of him just talking about you know his experience with COVID because he did catch COVID nineteen and how it's how it's hard for an entertainer these days to do live shows. And he then he then he spoke he broke the news about how grateful he was for the fans, you know, because they made the show basically worthless to the point where they had to pay him, so he could make so he could go and tell us like okay cool it's okay to watch it now, you know. So I think that that was cool. I think that was a that was a power to the people type of moment. I really think that that we we as people have a more power than we allow ourselves to have and think that we have because if we all just band together we could beat a lot of these corporations in a lot of different ways because once we stop putting money in their pocket then that's when they're going to come to us and then and to mean that you have a figurehead like dave Chappelle out there willing to you know be that uh face that driving force that spear that spearhead is it's awesome. And I think we can make changes like this in a lot of different areas in society, not just not just um entertainment, if we took that same mindset, you know, but it starts at the top, you know, the a lot of these entertainers, a lot of these athletes, they um it's kind of like, well, I got mine, I don't know how you're gonna get yours, you know, and we gotta break out of that that type of mentality because it's not gonna it's not gonna get us anywhere as a whole as people. And, you know, some people, they just was raised like that. You know, it's, it's just, well, I got mine. I don't know how you're going to get yours. You know, that's how some people were raised. But some people like Dave Chappelle, they're for the people, you know. 
And if we had more people, more people like that, we could make a lot more changes. Because a lot of people talk about it. A lot of a lot of Twitter, a lot of Twitter warriors and whatnot. They talk and talk and talk about it, but you'll never see them out there in the field doing something or saying what needs to be said and doing what needs to be done. You know, we don't have we don't have a lot of people that's like Dave that'll that'll do that. But if we did, we'd see a lot more positive change and a lot more quality and things of that nature so i think this is a learning tool for all of us like what dave with dave and his his fan base which i'm a part of has have done here you know we can we can make a change if we all if we really band together i know it sounds cheesy but that's literally what happened here a bunch of millions of people banded together and they essentially forced a corporation's hand they forced them to pay this man what he's worth what he deserves for doing that iconic comedy show, probably the most, the best, most iconic TV um, comedy, comedy, comedy sketch program ever. Better than whose line was it anyway? You know, better than Wildin' Out, better than Chocolate News, you know, better than anything before that. You know, so we really need to, you know, get this man his flowers while he's still here. You know, not like he's gonna die or anything, but. You know, we usually wait till people die to give people praise like this, but we want to give Miss Flowers now. And I applaud him for doing this. And I really think that uh he can we can, like I said, make changes in other areas if we had more people at the top that's more prominent um speak out on it. So yeah, that's that. So moving on to sports, sports, okay. Um, we got courtside Karen earlier this month. Uh, the NBA started allowing fans to come back into the arena. Just, you know, just a few, like, like very small capacity. I think Madison Square Garden is at 2000 people. So that's, you know, that's to scale, you know, for the rest of the leagues, probably every league is different. I know Atlanta, they let a few more people than that in cause it's Atlanta and Houston. Um, Atlanta's where the all-star game is going to be at, obviously, you know, cause they're the most open. Um, they sh- I don't think they should even did the All-Star game, but that's a different story. Um, but, of course, I care. So there was this woman sitting down with her husband. And, you know, fans is going to heckle, you know. So her husband was heckling at Braun. He had a little – they had their little drink going, you know, so he was lit. And, you know, he was heckling Braun. So Braun is talking to him. And then she gets up. Then the woman gets up and, you know, don't don't talk to my husband like that. I'll fuck you up. You know, LeBron just told, like, Sit your ass down, bitch. Like, <laughs> like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, there's two men having a conversation, and you going to jump in. I understand that's your husband, but your husband was heckling LeBron. LeBron got every right to respond back to him. You know what I'm saying? It was two men talking, and you just jumped in out of nowhere. So, you know, so he said what he said to her. So, well, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I'm not going to put that out there. Allegedly, that's what he said. Allegedly, he said, sit your ass down, bitch. That's what he, that's what he allegedly said. But me personally, if LeBron told his mother to sit your ass down, we read his lips and he said that, he have no problem saying that to some random female that's that's whose husband is heckling him. So I won't be surprised if she did if he did say that. So and if he did, then oh well, you know, you wanna you wanna heckle with the players. That's the type of that's the type of conversation LeBron and her husband was having. So now you ejecting, you talking about you gonna fuck him up, da da da. That's the type of response you're gonna get. And LeBron wasn't LeBron ain't do nothing wrong there. At all, at all. So, um, and other basketball news. I've been having keep my eye on um two players mostly um that I think are doing really good right now. These young players, um, Lamelo Ball 
played for the Hornets, and um, Tyrese Halliburton that plays for um, Sacramento. These kids are doing it big. I, I see I see a lot of the OGs in the league. They they coming up to these kids. They're talking to them during the game. They're giving them advice and talking them through it. And I think that that's awesome because that's kind of like a passing. Like you're getting ready to. I'm mentoring you because when I'm done, you know I'm. You know, I'm going to pass this on to you. I've seen Draymond come up to him and say a few things. I've seen uh, Kyrie come up to him and say a few things. I saw um, James Harden come up to say, say a few things to these two guys. And I think it's really dope that, you know, a lot of the OGs in the game, a lot of the current stars in the game, uh, you know, pass pass on the wealth to the to these younger players because when they leave, you know, that's who the league, that's who they, that's who the league's hands is going to be in. And I think that's just really awesome that guys uh, show love like that. And welcome back to the greatest podcast you've never heard of, the Justice Falls Experiment. So, um, moving right along, um, Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl ring. Seven Super Bowl rings. Now, that's more than most teams have. That's uh, quite an amazing feat. They uh, they beat the... Um, Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and and uh, Kelsey and all of them, and and you know, and uh, Tyree Kill and all of them. You know, Travis Kelsey. You know, you know the 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 the, the squad. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it wasn't a great game. It was it was a blowout. Um, Patrick Mahomes was playing injured, and he didn't have his two starting left tackles. So. Dominican Sue and Smith and all them boys and and JPP was just going crazy, getting getting in his face all night. They they forced a few interceptions out of him, and it was just a real bad night for the Chiefs. Uh, some receivers were even dropping passes, including Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So, you know that that was that was not a good look for them. Uh, I really think that uh, it was. It should have been a tighter game than it was, but when you're a quarterback and you have literally no time to throw, you don't even have three seconds to throw. You have like two seconds before a defender is like right in your face because these guys are just getting blown off the line. It's 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 hard. It's hard to get plays off. He was making some amazing throws. Like he has some of the greatest incomplete passes I've ever seen in that game, and it, it, it was crazy. Like how athletic he is and how he's able to sense and avoid the rush and get that ball downfield and at least give his receivers a chance. But they still got to him. They still sacked him a few times, picked him off a few times. Receivers dropping passes. It's not a good formula to win because, you know, Brady, when he smell blood, he go for that jugular. He go for that jugular. Guy's cold-blooded. You know, they, they were over, they were they were up big, and, and Brady's still throwing the ball downfield because he knows what it's like to to have a big lead and lose it and, and lose the game. You know, you, you got to play hard until the bell is over. Like, you, you, you're you mad that the team was running up the score? Try to stop them. You know what I mean? You can't be you can't be friendly when you're in between the lines like that. I mean, there's sportsmanship. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, this is a championship game. You got to put your foot on their neck, keep pressing. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the type of player that Brady is. It was dope to see, you know, a lot of different players get rings. You know, Antonio Bryant, after what he's been through in the past few years, with the Steelers and the mental issues and the uh, sexual assault allegations for him to get a ring. And he scored in the game, a key score at that. That, that, that kind of uh, gave him breathing room, you know, and started the started the, uh, the, um, started the blowout. So, 
you know, that was dope for him. You know, a nice re- young receiver, young, great, re- young, great receiver like Mike Evans getting a ring. Um, Leonard Fournette, dope seeing him get a ring. Nam Kasu, despite all he's been through and his reputation as a player, he getting a ring. This was a very well put together team. You know, um, they had everything they needed up, up down to the down to the coach, because even the coach Bruce Arians, the oldest coach to ever um, coach in the Super Bowl, wins the the two oldest actually coaches to ever coach in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid was Andy Reid was up there too, um, and um, it's good to see him get a ring. It was the the, the ring ceremony stuff. They, they considering you know the the circumstances, you know COVID and whatnot. They put together a nice package, a nice show. Um, the weekend did the uh, halftime show, which was dope. Um, a lot of people judging him for it, but I think he went out there. He had fun with it. it. Looked like he was having a lot of fun with it. And I don't, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was um, a dope um, performance by him. You know, it's always the people that that don't have no type of musical talent, don't have like a talented bone in their body, you know, to criticize somebody like a like a professional, you know, criticize them so hard and saying it sucked like. I know when a performance sucked. I didn't think that performance sucked. Was it his best performance? No. Was it like on par with a lot of other Super Bowl performances? No. But was it a bad performance? No. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people just don't know what they're talking about. They just need to like kind of, kind of like calm all of that down. Like now this this is a. I know I mentioned this earlier. This this is a scenario where you need to stick your lane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I know I know I said what I said earlier, and that applies to that. But this, this right here, this is where some certain people they just need to stick their lane, because they could never. They go up there and piss on themselves. But um, speaking of performances, uh, we can move on to music. So, um, I, I really, I really spent this past month looking at looking at artists that I feel that I felt were like that I felt I don't really look at or that are kind of like underserved or like not really being looked at or or deserve a little bit more. Uh, publicity so i'm gonna give it to them right here on this podcast so um there's an artist called flo millie um i've been hearing a lot about her i didn't even know if it was a male or female because i would just hear the name yeah yo flo millie flo millie go crazy da, 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 da. you know but i didn't i didn't know that it was i didn't know who she was i had heard the name a lot but i never knew who she was so i finally checked out her stuff her one of her verses on this song called mean she's she's uh she did a feature with uh, this rapper called Snot, with the S is a dollar sign. He um, he had her feature on the song. They did a music video for it. And her verse on that song is a TikTok challenge. Uh, when she's talking about like Q Waste, Lil Face, with the Big Bank, that um, that um, that song, that verse was on there. And I'm like, wait, who is that? So I looked it up, and she got some dope songs. She has a song called Roaring Twenties that I like. It's a play on, you know, the Roaring Twenties because she's in her 20s. She's 21, you know, and people are saying that this, the 2020s is, like, similar to the Roaring Twenties, the 1920s, you know, which is in some cases is true, but in some cases it's not, you know. So that was a good play on words she did. She dressed up like like she was in the 20s, you know. It was dope. It was a dope video, dope concept, dope song. Um, I think she's going to be big. Um, and it's good to see like a, um, a dark skinned woman, you know, she's a dark skinned female rapper. Like that is like, you got pretty much three strikes against you because we all know, you know, due to all of this colorism and whatnot, all the rappers and stuff, they want a light skinned woman, you know, da da da. 
And it's good to see us brown, uh, brown skin sisters just out there just, you know, talking her shit, spitting bars, being sexy, you know, like a Meg Thee Stallion, like a City Girls, you know, out there, you know, doing doing that, you know, doing that. Like, I, I love to see that. So um, shout out to her. So another artist, and I uh, covered this artist before on the previous podcast, um, Moray. He has a new song out called Kingdom, and it's just him. And the music video is dope. It's just him, like, you know, selling mixtapes, him just talking about, like, you know, you know, I ain't, you know, I don't got no money yet, but I'm, I'm on that come up and it, and it just feels, but I'm, but either way, I'm happy to just live life and, and be alive, you know? So it's, it's, I really like uh refreshing artists like that. I, I like, I always like artists when they come up. I probably mentioned this last podcast. Like I like seeing how artists rap when they, on they come up, you know, they first few songs, it may be a little rough. Then they get that one song that hit, they give it a good producer and that song hit. But I like when a rapper is like coming up, like right before they get famous. I feel like that's when they make some of their best work because it's, it's coming from a humble place, a very humble place. And then, you know, then they get rich and they still make popping music, great produced music. But, you know, the subject matter changes to, you know, I'm getting money, I'm taking trips, I'm fucking bitches, I'm da da da. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's where it kind of gets a little stagnant. But I think he's one of those guys where he 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 probably he's had such a humble beginning that he's going to stay down even when he get rich. And he's going to find a way to make, you know, creative music, you know, without digging too much into the into that bag that every artist digs into when they when they get a little money and a little, you know, a little uh, motivation. A little, mo- little money, a little motivation, a little clout, whatever you want to call it. So, um, Moray, that's another cool artist. Um, next up, Pooh Shiesty. So, Pooh Shiesty is one of these um Memphis dudes, one of these uh, Southern dudes. Um, real thick accent, but like you look at him, and you don't think that he would talk like that. He's like a small dude. He sounds like a old school player from like that's probably like in his forties or something like that. But it's dope. So. I think he got bars. He's he signed with uh with Gucci. I saw a few interviews. He said Gucci showed him how to like, you know, really put words together and really be dedicated and really be in the studio. And it shows in his songs. He he got bars. Like I I like I like like normally I'm not this high on these like trap rap dudes, but this dude got bars. Um some of the songs I listened to from him were God Up, Back in Blood, and Neighbors. So all of those, you know, have like double meanings to them, which I which I dig for artists like that. And I think he's well, he's one of the guys that's gonna be next up. He did he got a bunch of features with other artists from the south. And I think, like I said, I think he next up. Keep an eye on keep an eye on him, Pooh Shiesty. Um next is a New York artist. You know, I gotta show love to my New York artists. Um Drill is really big over here right now. And um I don't see it going anywhere. So, uh, this is a dude called Dusty Locaine that I looked at. That I looked at. Um, he's from Brooklyn. He's uh one of the wools, you know, one of the one of them crip dudes. Um, that's another guy. Like, I'm not big on trap rappers, but I think this guy he he got something because he's creative with how he puts his how he puts his word how he put his drill bars together. He has a song called Rumble. That's his latest song. Um, rolling and controlling freestyle is probably his like his biggest song. He had like like thirty million views on that, something like that. Something like that. I might be dragging it, but it's it's, it's double digit million views on that video, as well as a Rolando. 
That's another single. That's the first song I heard from him. It was on. It was. I was on. Um, I was on SoundCloud. I'm like, who, who is this guy? Like, why does he sound like Pop Smoke? That's another thing. He sounds almost like Pop Smoke, but like, he has his own um swag to it. So I'm not gonna say he sounds exactly like him. So I think he's dope. Um, an older artist, uh, Kevin Gates. I think he's dope. He um has a song called Power. And I really, I really like that song. It's about him and his uh his girl, his wife, actually. She's in the video. He's just bigging her up and talking about how much he loves her. I think that's dope. And then he has his his trap stuff. He has a song called Plug Daughter Part Two. It was dope. Dope visuals. So shout out to Kevin Gates. I've always been a low-key fan of Kevin Gates. I just never sat down and like Listen to a whole album. He'll always come out with a banger. Like every every year, every other year, like he'll drop a banger. I'm like, oh, that's Kevin Gates. Nah, he's nice. He's nice. So he's dope. Another rapper, another older rapper, I think is really dope is our uh, Freddie Gibbs. He um he released a 83 track album. It's a deluxe album that he did with Mad Lib called Pinata. And it dropped in 2014 initially, but he's re-releasing it, the deluxe edition, which is, which is crazy. Originally, it has 17 tracks on it, but uh, now it has 83. So <laughs> you can go check that out if you're a big Freddie Gibbs fan. And he covered uh, Gil Scott Heron's uh, Winter in America. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know who Gil Scott Heron is, um, he was a poet and a musician back in the day, back in the seventies and eighties. Um, you probably know him from the revolution will not be televised. So yeah, that that's, that's him. That's his, his jump off. That's his, what he was, um, big for back in the, back in his times. And he was just really a very captivating kind of artist. So for Freddie Gibbs to cover him really shows that he, you know, knows his roots and appreciates his roots and where and where the art form comes from. Because it comes out of that. It comes out of poetry. If you listen to Gil Scott Heron, I suggest you look him up. You'd be like, yo, it kind of have like a rap vibe to it. Like he got a certain swag to it. But it's like jazz, though. It's like jazz soul kind of a vibe. So definitely check that out. Definitely check that out. Um, Another artist. Um, I just I just. Before I even before I cut the podcast on the um record is probably like earlier, I found this artist named Koi Ray. She had a um an ad on YouTube and she it was dope. She was with some artist. I don't remember the artist's name, but it was she featured um in the song and I thought she had bars on it. I think it was called uh No More Parties. Yeah, No More Parties is what it was called. So, um, I think that, uh, she's going to be another up and coming artist, very beautiful woman, beautiful shorty. Like she's short, light skin slim. She give me like, she give me like Janae Iko vibes, but she rap on some, like on some, on some fly shit, like on some get money, you know, type shit. So I think that that's dope. She's actually Benzino's daughter. Um, if you don't remember who Benzino was, he was a rapper producer back in the day. He beefed with uh Eminem, 
You know, if you don't know him for anything else, you probably know him for that. Um, yeah, she's dope, Corey Lorraine. I follow her on Instagram and all that. I'm, I'm gonna start looking into her music because I'm trying. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to. Exp- I'm trying to expand my horizons in the hip hop game because I feel like I've been slacking past few years. I've been listening to like a lot of rock and metal because that's what I'm. You know, that's what I've been into for the past probably like five to ten years. Heavy. Um, and even before that, I was listening to metal, but I really like locked in on it probably like past ten years, and. It's it's dope. So that if you notice, I, it's a lot. Oh, a lot of the music I I, I looking I'm looking up is hip hop because that's what I've been listening to. Like I also listen to jazz and all of that and country and all that. But I've been trying to get my hip hop roots. So maybe next in the next few episodes you'll see you'll see me um bringing up a country track. There was a few episodes where I brought up a country track and where I brought up a uh, a, a rap a metal track and a rock track. Um, but I might get back to that. But for now, I've been trying to get back to my hip-hop roots because that's where it all started for me you know being on the apollo and stuff like that and rapping from a young age all the way up until like adolescence that's when i stopped to get into more sports but yeah koi laray check her out koi c-o-i-l-e-r-a-y check her out so um next up we got some sad news um followed by some happy news so daft punk is a um I don't even want to call them EDM. I think that would kind of be disrespectful to call them EDM because they make electronic dance music, though. So, like, uh, and, it, and it's kind of funky, too. And they, and they have disco vibes to it, too. It's just, I know you've heard of uh, Daft Punk. You know, that song Kanye did back in the day, Stronger, he sampled them. And um, that We're Up All Night to Get Lucky, that with Pharrell. I know you've, you've heard that. I'm just naming, like, the biggest songs that everybody should know. Because um, people might not know Robot Rock. They might not have been into that kind of music back then. You know, they might not remember the album Homework or Discovery. You know, they might not remember that. They dropped, The last thing they dropped was um, Random Access Memories in 2013. I really kind of wanted a, uh, a, another album for them before they broke up. This 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 hit me like a ton of bricks. They put out like a, a video of... um. Just them like walking, like on a beach or something like that, and then they went their separate ways or something like that. It's called Epilogue. So if you want to check that out, it's on their it's on their YouTube page. It's called Epilogue. So that's the final thing, and you know they they broke up, and it kind of sucks because that's like I hate seeing like real super iconic artists go, especially when I feel like they have more to give. Because Random Access Memories was a dope album. They they've never made a bad album. They made the Tron Legacy album back in 2010. Like nothing nothing they made was bad. So it's like, and they were never like super out there going crazy with the touring and all that either. They were a very like guarded group. Like those two, I don't like those two guys. They're they're mad. They wear um helmets all the time, so you rarely ever get to see them. There's probably like one or two pictures up of them anywhere um so they're really kind of guarded dude so and they really inspire other people to rock the mask like you see dead miles you see Buckethead, you see um marshmallow you you see all these people rocking the the ridiculous uh helmets you know and that's that's a uh inspiration 
that they took from uh, Daft Punk. So um, if you don't know who they are, definitely check them out. I recommend checking out the album Discovery, Homework, um, and Random Access Memories. Those are probably my three favorite albums from them. Um, I like Around the World. Songs are songs like Around the World, Robot Rock, Get Lucky, um, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Um, uh, What's this other song? One more time, yeah. The first song I ever heard from them was "One More Time." Um, it's a funny story with that. Um, "One More Time" was on like those um animated video, like it was. They made like a, a cartoon video to it, so I saw that first, and then I saw people starting to make like this was back when people made AMVs, and they would they would basically like cut out parts of a cartoon or anime, like the action parts, and then put song over it. They did it for for that, and that's, and that's how I um that and seeing the original music video just made me like. Be like, yo, who are these guys? I gotta check them out. And it's and it's a group that's heavily inspired by them called uh MGMT. And that's another group that I like. And they sound, they kind of sound like them. So shout out to Daft Punk. Um, other than that, Bobby Smurda Free, he got released. This is the 28th now, as I'm recording this. He got released on the uh 23rd on the conditional release. Oh no, no, no. He's 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 on a conditional release, and he's going to be um basically on probation until February 23rd, 2026. But yeah, that's what he got out 23rd this year, obviously, um, a few days ago. So um, shout out to him. I'm waiting for the music to come. I know him and Rowdy about to go crazy in the studio. You know, nothing else need to be said there. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Bobby, you know, you feel me? Like, he, he home, you know? A real one came home. Like, that's something that the kids could really look up to. I'm glad that we have that. I said that when Rowdy got out, but now Bobby home. Really, somebody these kids could look up to rather than that other guy. I'm not even going to give him any publicity. Y'all know who I'm talking about. So, um, moving right along, we're going to quickly talk about the cold snap um, that happened in the mid, basically middle America, like Texas and all of those states out there in in, the, in that area in the mid in the in the middle of america basically <laughs> so uh people are freezing people are, people are dying people are hungry and it's just a mess out there right now for my prayers go out to all the people down there um their electric grid is not attached to the national grid which is slightly more upgraded than their grid than their grid and it's winterized meaning it's meant to withstand uh winter weather uh their grid is not connected to that, so it is not winterized because it's mostly hot down there. It rarely ever snows down there, and it never snows like it did recently. It snowed about five to ten inches or something like that, and they're getting wrecked down there. People like people roofs are collapsing, people are free their people's water freezing and stuff like that. It's really sad to see. And what made it worse is the mayor resigned. I'm not even gonna say his name to give me any type of publicity, like um you can look that up on your own. The mayor resigned because he couldn't handle it. He ran. He basically ran away. He ran away. He ran away. That's though. That's all I can say about it. And um, Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Like he went to Cancun. Like there's this picture of him getting on the plane. He talking about, oh, I just put my family on the plane and I was gonna stay. But you had carry on bags. Like you, that's that was, he had like a big carry on bag. Like he was getting ready to go away for a weekend to Cancun. So he so he lied. You know what I'm saying? It's a hot mess over there. And the guy that they that they didn't vote for down there is down there busting his ass right now to get people resources they need. And 
the sad part about all this is that FEMA hasn't been deployed. Usually in these catastrophes, like you see, like with Katrina, FEMA will get deployed to help people and things of that nature, but people are dying and stuff, and there's still nothing, nothing going on. But but they got time to sit there and bomb Syria. That's no, that's another thing. That's why that's why I keep telling y'all I don't lean politically either way because it's all like it's all bullshit. You know what I mean? Like like it's 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 ridiculous. But I'm not even going. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. I did a good job of mostly keeping politics out of this podcast. I, I that was I did that's a concerted effort that I that I had. This is probably the most political I'm going to get. This is the last topic anyway. Um, but yeah, there was also a uh, pic that went viral. <laughs> Of um a young lady in a uh, Domino's, she had her head down and it, and it, all the food was gone, and she just had a rough shift. And Domino's was the only pizza place that was open down there in uh in uh Houston or whatever. So they had a weekend's worth of food and it was gone in four hours. Like all the essential workers came, people were hungry came in there and all of that, and it was it was ugly. And the girl was just stressed out. And I know what that feels like because I used to work in a sandwich shop called Potbelly. And I remember days like that where everything would just be a mess. And we just had a long lunch rush. And we just ran out of all of, all of our supplies. And we had to hurry up and get together make more supplies. But you just take that moment to just breathe and just take in everything that happened. And it's just super stressful. So when I saw that pic, I had to talk about it because, like, I felt that, like, personally, you know. Like, I know what that's like to to have to go through that. And, you know, so prayers out to her and her family, everybody out there down there struggling on that side of the country. And um, I really hope that we, you know, basically, I really hope we get our shit together because this is ridiculous. We got a worldwide pandemic, cold snap, you know, what, what the hell is going to happen next? <laughs> like, I know COVID is on the downturn, but... This cold snap really is going to take a lot of, for a lot of people to recover from. Luckily, I live in a highly industrialized uh, city, so I don't have to worry too much about that. But, you know, again, prayers go out to those uh, affected by the cold snap. We got a lot of snow out here, but obviously it didn't affect us to, as much as it did for the people out there. So God bless. And with that being said, we're going to get out of here. I know I'm... I don't. I didn't talk your ear off. This is probably been going on for like an hour. Probably going on an hour and a half. So I had to cut some topics out. And I'm gonna save for the next pod because this was getting too long. <laughs> I might do two. Like I said, two podcasts. I know I keep saying it for the past few episodes, but I probably really do it for episode uh, episode nine. Get that out of the way. Probably on the 15th and the 25th, just so I could keep keep. Uh, keep consistent with my with my schedule because I know I've been all over the place doing it on the 27th, 26th. You know, I'm trying to get hit that date of the 26th. So um hope y'all learned something today. Hope you enjoyed the pod. I hope, you know, if, whether you're cleaning up or you're just chilling or you're running, you're doing, you're doing your, your workouts, you you enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to leave y'all with some uh, zen, as I often do. And this quote is from LeBron James. And he says, I will always say... Decisions I make, I live with them. There's always ways you can correct them or you can do better. At the end of the day, I live with them. Again, I always say, decisions I make, I live with them. There's always ways you can correct them, ways you can do better. At the end of the day, I live with them. So basically, stick to your morals. I put a whole Facebook 
rant about this. Like, stick to your morals, stick to your guns. Don't um be afraid to to stand on to stand on that hill and die on it. You know what I mean? Stick to your word, cause your word is all you got at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's a lot of fakeness, fake political correctness, fake wokeness going around there. Be a real one, you know, because you're going to stand out and you're going to get to where you need to go if you be a real one instead of following behind others. Feel what I'm saying? So I hope y'all heeded my words. Hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Um, And that's what we got for today. So it's your boy Justice Falls, and we out. One.